0: Welcome into another edition of the Cubs Talk Podcast. Tony and Jackie here with David Kaplan and Kelly Kroll. As always, we are sponsored by Wintrust. Head to Wintrust.com slash Cubs for more information. Guys, here we are, the second week of January, or getting into the second week of January, Cubs conventions right around the corner. Jake Arrieta,
1: still a free agent. What's the latest there? From what I've been told, and I did a bunch of homework this weekend, and I have a column up now at NBC Sports Chicago, the Cubs would... Definitely like to have Jake back or you, Darvish, if they can get one of those two or Alex Cobb. Those are the three guys. But the reports that Jake has already got a firm offer of four for $110 million, from what I've been told, is just not true. Now, would the Cubs do that deal? Yes, I think Why not? they would. But I don't think the Boris Corporation is, at this point, ready to take a four-year deal. They were at seven. but what I'm being told, six is probably where they would settle. I don't see the Cubs doing that. I'll be surprised if a firm guaranteed six years. Could they put option years in? I guess. But I'd be stunned. I don't know you about Kel. If they gave six guaranteed years to Jake, that would shock me.
2: Yeah, from the Cubs, absolutely. I, I think that deal might be out there from another team. I just don't think it would be the Cubs. But I'm curious. I mean, the stalemate that we've seen going on, this is the – deepest into the offseason that most, at least, managers and or general managers who are around from winter meetings have said this is ever gone. And I'm just curious, when you, who's going to get first on this cap? Because, I mean, are we going to be looking at it being spring training and we've got, like, I know this is a bad example, but the Dexter Fowler moment where it's like this guy gets whooshed in and it's like, hey, look who we just signed. Like, right. is that what's going to happen?
1: We're five weeks from with these, which is crazy. Top line starters? I, I don't believe it. So I something's
2: gonna get I here don't soon.
1: believe it. Owners have always had a problem pushing themselves away from the salary buffet. It's like the fat person who goes, I gotta go on a diet and they can't stop eating. That's how owners are. Oh, wait a minute. I got a call from Scott Boris. I'm gonna do this deal anyway. Even though you, the GM and team president, are telling me not to. I know how much money I've got. So that's I'm what the do.
2: agents are banking on.
1: And the agents are banking on yeah. these, this side collapsing. And from what I was told by two guys in the game, they said, look, for the first time you have basically all 30 front offices are more analytically driven than ever before. And they will say, Kelly Krull, you are worth $5 million a year to us for two years. Now, if somebody comes along and says, Kelly, we'll give you $12 million a year for four years, We are not going to panic and go, we have to have Kelly, so we're going to overpay. We're going to set our number, and we're going to stick to it in large part. The other thing that was said to me was, if you want to play on a team that has no chance of winning, Mm -hmm. and there are probably 10 to 12 teams that have no chance of winning whatsoever, they're not even trying, then you're going to get 15% more. Or do you, Jake, you, Darvish, Alex Cobb, Want to go somewhere, maybe take 10 or 15% less, but no, I got a chance to win the World Series.
2: Knowing what you know, Tony, and about Jake Arrieta, does that fit the bill for him or not? Because I think of Jake as a, an ultimate competitor. I just really do. I mean, sure, coming back to the Cubs offers him that window and the opportunities to continue to win. But there's other winning teams out there, too, that I don't know, though, Jake hasn't gotten his – big, big money contract yet either. The right. one that, like, you know, maybe because you Darvish just kind of had that money, he's willing to go to a winner, take a little less. I don't know about Jake. I mean, I, I wish we could reach out and get him. I mean, Jake's not exactly talking to people, which no. is for the advisement of Scott Boris and just the way this goes. But I, I just, that's a hard one for me, just knowing who Jake is. I think he's a competitor. I think he'd be willing to take a little less to be on a winning team. But then again, I mean, I'm sure how he's much taking, less I don't know is it 15% less I, I don't know That's, Either way the
0: dude's gonna get paid he is and he's gonna, gonna get paid like life-changing generational money where his kids and grandkids and grandkids kids are should be good because Jake Arrieta is gonna make a hundred plus million dollars unless something really crazy happens to this market so I don't think he's gonna get the 200 million that some people thought he might get right. like four or five months ago or maybe even a year ago. But I, I agree with you, Kelly. I do think that he will want to end up on a competitor. But, I mean, he'll still make – somebody's going to end up paying him 120 $130, 150000000 million to head up the, the front of that rotation. I don't know if it's going to be a team like the Astros. It sure seems like the Dodgers and Yankees aren't paying any money right now to anybody because they want to get under that luxury tax. But somebody will. That was the other thing that was
1: – or not – emphatically said <laughs> to me, hey – that luxury tax is no joke, man. It's not and I had an agent tell me, we screwed up. We should not have ever agreed to a deal where it's so punitive that the rich teams are like, we can't keep exceeding this tax because you lose draft picks. The penalties are so severe.
2: Yeah, That's really what's kind of changed this whole ballgame. Well, and what you said about the general manager change. We're not looking at these older, go with your gut always, right. like guys running the teams. Old but the old scouts
1: used to not value prospects. Eh, give them a prospect. Well, that prospect could be Chris Bryant someday or Carlos sure. Correa someday or, you know, who knows.
2: I liked that quote in your article about the something to do with the crusty old. Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> I liked
1: right. that. I right. thought
2: that's fantastic. That's the, that's the way it used stuff. to be. They'd
1: be at the bar. They would yeah. drink. All right, you want Andraki, give me Krull and those two. Pro- All right, you take them. <laughs> it's not the way
2: it is no. anymore. Guys, it did work for a time. Prospect. It did.
0: But, but that's the thing. So you talk about the luxury tax, and that's clearly at play. There's no salary cap in baseball like there is in the NBA or the NFL or the NHL. We saw that with the Blackhawks, right? They had to get rid of people to stay on their salary cap. The Dodgers just finished paying, I think their penalty after 2017 was like almost $36 million To for nothing. They got nothing out of that because they exceeded the luxury tax with by so much for the second year in a row, the Yankees have paid the luxury tax seven, or 15 years in a row. I mean, these are insane numbers that they're shelling out, and they're not getting—they're not diverting this to a pitcher who could get hurt and only throw one game. They're getting absolutely nothing for this. It's crazy. So the luxury tax and all these penalties, draft picks, like you said, your first pick would have to go 10 picks later. That's
1: insane. That's that's a huge draft uh, penalty. Huge. And then you look at. Who else is still out there? Like, Mm -hmm. the Cubs really like Alex Cobb. They really, really like him. But they like him at what they perceive to be a reasonable number. Look, he's coming back now a couple, three years away from Tommy John surgery. Hasn't found his changeup yet. Hasn't been what you go, oh, my God, he's got dominant stuff. But they think it's coming. They think this year could be a breakout year for Alex Cobb. So they offer him basically the Tyler Chatwood contract, Mm -hmm. maybe a couple million more and his agents are saying to him, hey man, don't jump. There's more years and there's more AAV, average annual value in that deal. Well, at some point, the Cubs are gonna move on. If he wants to be here, then he has to express that, hey, to his agents, I wanna be there. Let's make a fair deal and let's be in Chicago. And if he doesn't care and he wants the last dollar, let see where it ends up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm curious too, who gives first? I think that's something that a lot of fans are wondering goes yeah. is first, the players and agents? Players are saying,
1: teams. I've heard it from multiple players or agents. Yeah, they're anxious. Hey, man, there's collusion going on. No way all these teams all of a sudden this year have decided to be thrifty with their money. No shot. But the luxury tax penalties are way worse this year, and everybody's realizing it. So that I think that's and they're combining with we, we are going to set a budget here and we're going to stick to it. And if we think Alex Cobb's worth 14 or 15, we're not giving him 18 or 19 or wherever the market goes. And he, from what I've heard, he's being emphatic. Alex, I never asked for four for 80. Never. I'm hearing it's more 16 a year, 464. Even in the 50s, you might be able to get him.
0: At the end of the day though, the players, I mean a guy like Arietta, for example, this is probably the only time he's gonna be on the market. I mean, almost certainly the only time he'll be on the market as a one or one A type mm-hmm. of free agent. So why not wait? I mean that if he's healthy, which he is, and unless he, you know, unfortunately like steps off a curb wrong or something over the next few weeks, he should be like wait into spring training, wait into March, you know, do whatever you can because this is life changing money. So like he can't rush and take twenty million less than if he would have waited a couple weeks. So the players are not going to be the ones that give first, at least in my opinion of how it plays out, because a guy like Alex Cobb, same thing. This is probably the only time that he's going to be out there as one of the premier free agents. So it, I just don't see them being the ones that cave first. I think, like you said, Cap, I think the owners will eventually cave before. Yeah, everyone. I'm not sure if they will. I, I was just
2: going to say, from all the research you did, obviously fans at home are wanting to know how this plays out. What can you say from the conversations you had about how general managers think this is going to possibly go down? I mean, do they think there's that team out there that eventually is going to break, the one that has the money that just doesn't want to make I think the deal they quite feel yet? feel like – And then once it does, like once the dam breaks, we see what it's done every year. I think they, they feel
1: running. like both sides will move a little bit and then the dam will break and somebody okay. will make a signing. Okay. But I don't think, like in the case of the Cubs, Scott Boris is not going to get – Tom Ricketts to write a check that Theo doesn't approve. Sure. Now, could that happen in Washington where, you know, the there's owners of urgency. the National of the Nationals who are tight with Scott Boris might say, hey, Rizzo, I'm doing this deal anyway. Mike Rizzo, their GM. I'm yeah, no, signing it. We remember Illich in Detroit mm-hmm. signing Prince Fielder against the objections of his front office. That's so unreal. it's happened. I just think there's more. It's not being frugal, it's being smart with your money.
2: Another part of your article said that, um, you know, which we all expect who've been around the Cubs and around Theo and Jed to be kicking the tires on absolutely everything. The three names you've thrown out this morning are names we've all heard. Who are names that you can or can't talk about that that maybe no one's aware of, whether it be pitchers or whether it be a deal that maybe was unexpected? I know Tony and I were shocked when we thought thought that Javi Baez was being talked about with the Padres, right? Like that just didn't really make sense. But what? Are, who, who are names like that that are out so there that would be kick surprised So they the tires on
1: Christian Yelich. Okay. And from what I was told, with his contract, five years of team control left, mm-hmm. that they are asking for such an obscene amount of talent. I can't imagine. Like it's not just Javi Baez. It's we'll take Baez, Russell, and your top prospect <laughs> because we're giving you a ready-made big league guy at an unbelievably fair contract. And the Cubs are like, yeah, thanks. We're not interested. I had another team tell me they called on Yelich. And it's, you know, we're getting like the three best players you have in your system. So these GMs are like, guys like that who had Chris Archer, another one. First call on Chris Archer was Baez and Russell. Yeah, you want Archer? He's got four years of control at little to no money. We're taking Baez and Russell. Uh, no, you're not. And so that's why we're at this stalemate.
2: But that's what teams want now, and that's what they've been wanting. But they want to move those guys. Eventually, when do they bring that But they price have back to ha-
1: as one guy said to me, those guys have to put a team on the field. Yeah. They have to play. Of course. He said, so Christian Yelich, they can afford. They can afford certain guys. Chris Archer, there's no financial reason they have to move them. Okay. Each team is getting a $50 million yeah. payment for the that's sale true. of Baseball Advanced Media. To Disney 50 million to each team over a team like the Rays that covers almost their two thirds of their, <laughs> their
0: payroll. I mean, that covers Archer's almost the entire rest of the money he's owed for the rest of his contract, correct? That 50 million dollars. So,
1: you know, when you move Mike Stanton or Giancarlo Stanton, mm-hmm. you move him because you have to move that obscene amount of money. And now it took the Yankees out of the free agent
0: market, and correct, are. Cubs are still trying to figure out their closure situation. And what is the responsibility we have as a media? throughout all these off-season rumors and reports.
2: Hi, guys. I'm Tara Lipinski. And I'm Johnny Weir. Guess what, Johnny? What? The Winter Olympics are right around the corner. And what does that mean? Yay. That means we get to see Sean
1: White, Michaela Schifrin, and other top Team USA athletes conquer fresh snow and ice this February on NBC.
2: So make sure you're ready. Sign up for NBC Sports and Olympics emails by texting POD to 66866. Or you can visit NBCOlympics.com slash newsletters to receive the latest athlete updates, giveaways, and more.
1: Message and data rates may apply. Winter is here. Keep your money local. Bring it home to a Windtrust Community Bank, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at windtrustcom slash Cubs. Member FDIC. Now the Cubs are kicking the tires on Greg Holland Kay. to see if they can get yeah. a closer. I still think that they are trying to pry Alex Colomay away from the Tampa Bay Rays. They want another closer. I do not think they feel comfortable Going into the off into the season with Brandon Morrow and the other guys in their pen, I don't.
0: Which isn't really a surprise. I mean, no. Morrow is a guy who I think what does he have? Twenty-ish career saves somewhere around there. So, yeah, he was really good last year, but he's also had a lot of issues staying healthy over the last few seasons. Guys like Justin Wilson, yeah, he was great, but then look what happened when he came to Chicago. So you can't trust relievers. They're so volatile. Theo and Jed talk about that all the time. Relievers are, they're roller coasters every single year. C.J. Edwards is as well. I mean, that dude does not get hit at all, but he walks so many people that if he gives up one hard hit ball, just like that, it's a grand slam and it changes the entire game changes an entire series in October. So I definitely see where they could be going after more relievers. Um, Greg Holland to me is not a guy that I could really see make much of a fit. I totally understand if they're kicking tires, but he's a guy that the market would have to come down significantly for, I think to make sense on the Cubs, just because his injury history as well. I mean, it's a guy like Morrow was only $9 million a year. That's not that big of a deal. But if Holland is getting 16, 18, even closer, like inching towards that Wade Davis deal, You can't pay that for a guy like Holland, at least from the Cubs' perspective.
1: The other thing that was interesting, multiple guys have said to me, dude, your industry, talking about what we all do here, (laughs) Yeah. you guys, who holds you accountable? He said, we have to respond to rumors every day. Hey, did you offer Arietta that? Did you offer Alex Cobb that? Are you trading hobby buys? He goes, it's literally every day, multiple times a day. He goes, you guys just throw stuff out there. I'm like, whoa. I don't think we do, but yes, it goes on in our industry, and it's driving GMs crazy because of social media.
2: I can understand that, and truthfully, I I was talking about this last night with, with our producer. I said, who, uh, who does? It's not like these guys get yelled at, and really, if they get clicks on their... Page or whatever story it is that they drew up, I and mean, they their accomplished boss is what they set out to happy do with it. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, same with
0: these people on Twitter. I mean, there are rumors going around about like the Bears' new head coaching candidate, Matt Nagy, did he call plays in that playoff game or did Andy Reid? Like, there were a bunch of rumors online for that, but people got retweets and they got favorites, and people start following these accounts, and it's like th- they could have absolutely nothing. They could seriously pull it out from, like, whatever. Like, th- they had a thought while they were driving to work one day, and they tweet it out, and if the right person picks it up, then yeah, that's all that matters, and they got the
1: attention that they did. And it's earn. driving GMs and agents crazy.
2: I can imagine. I-, I can imagine. Well, who was it with the Cubs and? the barstool uh barstool carl that was
1: you darvish you darvish had to pass his physical he's agreed to a deal and there were multiple people who called me and said okay a who's who who is barstool carl (laughs) and b it's not true
2: and yet that
1: you Darvish said it wasn't you Darvish himself, came, so. I mean he that's tweeted so, fake here news you go. not only the GMs
2: and the managers the players are being like you know watching this stuff go around you know how hard that is for them.
1: And I love so, that Barstool Carl's dialed in and trying hard but you got to be he's right. He's
2: gotten some things right before but this wasn't one of them. Yeah that was. But
1: that's who holds players accountable
0: is or who holds media, media accountable is the players. The player. Hugh Darvish tweeting back at that is like I mean what other way to, what better way to shut that down is to be you Darvish, and be like, no, that's that's not and, it. We have they have all seen, and
2: Tony's right about that. We have all seen that. You you write a story that's incorrect or you quote something wrong and a player, they'll be the ones to not give you that access again. They they'd be the ones to not appreciate it and tell you no because more interviews or whatever. And and we've all seen that happen to people. Because
1: guys don't. have families and sure. they come home from working out and their wife or their kid, are we getting traded? Mm-hmm. Are we going here? What do you mean? And then the next day it's something, and they just don't want to deal with it. You know, and to get back to Yelich, five years, $58 million. That's nothing in baseball terms for a player of his magnitude. But yet fans will think, oh, I could give him like four of our prospects or Ian Happ. No. <laughs> you're getting Christian Yelich. You're giving up your very best. Yeah, way more than I mean. Jose
0: Quintana was on a great deal, but where the White Sox were in the rebuild, they could they were happy with Eloy Jimenez, a top three prospect in baseball. But the Cubs don't have that anymore. So even though they're getting a similar guy, Yelich and Quintana were both under team control for a while, under great deals. But you're not going to get that anymore because the Cubs don't have the farm system that they did even six months ago. So it, it's definitely uh, it. I'm curious to see where they go, like the Yelich thing in particular. I'm going to watch Yelich rumors you know, throughout the entire mm-hmm. season, and maybe they'll end up trading in before July, or maybe a year, or maybe even two years from now, the Marlins decide to finally take a call. But either way, I think the Cubs are going to be in on it until the end, just based based on the fact that they have to be. Like, How do you not with a guy like that? Yeah,
1: obviously? I'll be surprised unless the price comes. See, if he was making three times the money, it might be a perfect right. fit. Mm-hmm. We'll take the money, give you less. But when you're getting a team contract, friendly contract like that. It's very tough.
2: I know we've hit on most of the points, and we want everyone to read your article on NBCSportsChicago.com, but was there something you haven't hit on right now that you just found was really intriguing from your conversations with these different GMs? Um, Again, I know we've hit on a lot of it. If there was anything kind of like...
1: I think we've hit on all of it. You know, The one was, you know can we get this guy and only give up that? It's just not going to happen. Yeah. You're not going to get a guy who doesn't make huge money. And the other thing was one GM said to me, the market's changed. From when Rick Hahn jumped the market last year, Derek Jeter's not going to be able to get the haul back that he thinks he is because guys value prospects more than ever before Mm -hmm. as they see what the Cubs and the Astros have been able to do. It's just not going to be that easy to pry Jelich and Archer. And he said the other thing he said to me was, he goes, do you really think Theo and Jed – would give up four years of Mike Montgomery, four years of Addison Russell, and four years of Ian Happ and trade him to Baltimore for one year of Manny Machado. No. No. He said Theo's no. the guy who makes the reverse deal.
2: Yeah. There's no the a <laughs> or the Addison <laughs>
1: right. Russell. He, yeah. he said, No shot. Yeah. So this is the new normal
0: then is the prospects and everything else, but the offseason like this, the, we're going to have to wait until so. Cubs convention to find, or like these other team conventions in January. I mean, half the market's out there. Like, I think it's, what, seven of the top ten free agents haven't signed. We're right. going to
2: be listening to Scott Boris at winter meetings hold court for like two hours with the media now instead of one. No, well, maybe the Machado bad. price my,
1: my
0: shoulder and back
1: <laughs> is going to kill. Maybe Machado's the, the price to get. acquire Machado comes down, and the Cubs could sign him to an extension. But I just don't see them giving up team control on three guys. No, I'd be surprised.
2: I don't either. I don't either.
1: Well, switching gears a bit, Cubs convention is this weekend. Yeah, uh,
2: Friday.
0: Yeah. What are you guys looking forward to? Anything particular? I know you guys will have uh, to see a if lot there's a show. surprise
1: when they introduce the players. That would be really no, cool. No, no more Kerry
0: Wood, but maybe Jake Arietta.
1: Never know.
2: It, that would be. I neat. can
1: tell you, the Cubs privately are not looking at the convention, going, "Oh, we got to get something done." Theo will make a deal. He and Jed. When it's time, when
2: that time's right, yeah. Well, and aside from that, the obvious. I mean, Tony, I'm a, I'm interested in in getting to know and the new guys, honestly, um, that we've been talking about, Chatwood and Morrow. Um, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, still fighting a cold, but but also um, and even guys like Justin Wilson. Uh, what w- there's a guy we haven't talked about or really seen since the very last day. We know how difficult the end of the year was for him and how disappointed he was in himself. Like, what has he done in the last few months to get himself back into what could be that closer role? If he really is as dominant as he was at one point with Detroit, like, so there's conversations that I'm really excited to have. I mean, Kyle Schwarber, we all know, um, we've all seen the TMZ uh, photos, not really TMZ, but we all know he's been losing a lot of weight and the workouts and, and why? Why was this the off season? He was so adamant to make a change you know what? What is behind it, and getting you know, sent to the minors. Well, I'm sure, and you know, though. Also, anytime you know people who have made um, life uh, or transitions like that, there's always one point in his. And this is a, as a former athlete, I'm so interested. There's a flashpoint. Somewhere in his workouts recently, he came up against something that was impossible, or would have been impossible. Whether it was just something in a workout or a change in his diet and I want to know what that one thing was that he had to overcome because in the last few months there's been something. That's bit that he would have looked at and said, there's no chance I can do that. And now he's doing it on a regular basis. It's cool to see. So those are things that I'm just looking forward to seeing the guys again and the I, crowd. You know, a year ago this time we were coming off a World Series. So, yeah, this, what's the crowd like? Are they going to be running people over again to get into that auditorium Probably on Friday yes, night? I'm sure. Fans, yes.
1: You packed. guys know it listening. You, you know what you yeah. guys are going to be like. We'll do sports talk live from there. Mm-hmm. We'll cover the opening ceremonies. Kelly will be all over the interviews. You'll yep. be there. So we'll have a good time.
2: And we'll I'm head off to, to Carry Wood's event.
1: Yes, that too. And beer money from there.
2: Beer money from Yeah, we'll have it all going on.
0: I'm curious to going see to Chris Brown, I think, is the most interesting guy to talk to because, he, remember, he said at the end of last year that he was tired and he mm-hmm. was mentally drained. I'm curious to see what it was like his first offseason being married, his first offseason kind of being away from this. I'm curious to see if he's more recharged now and what that means for the former MVP moving forward as well. All right, that'll do it on our Cubs Talk podcast this week. Again, we are sponsored by Wintrust. Head to Wintrust.com slash Cubs for more info. Head to NBCSportsChicago.com slash podcast, where you can find all of our Cubs Talk podcasts. Thanks.